0: Pulp Barstool, get prepared for the most spontaneous, ridiculous, on-the-spot, awesome podcast we've ever had before. This, this was great fun. You'll get a little more background of what exactly happened and how this came together. But Chad Whitman, a fellow geek, uh, metrics geek from Edgerank Checker. I roped him into uh, coming on and talking on the podcast today, and you do not want to miss this. Um, man, I, I want to tell you all, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a crazy, crazy month for me. Um, I've wrote a whole post on really uh, kind of a, a retrospective, introspective, retrospective of the past two years. I recently hit uh, an anniversary two years ago. I was laid off and started this crazy journey. And I am to that point now where it, this, this is it, this business is legit, and um, I wanna thank you all for being involved. And a really big part of that was the incredible success of my FB Marketing Advanced University Power Editor course, which I just wanna thank you all for trusting in me, having faith in me that you bought it before it was even fully released. Um, so no prior product before, and uh before and it's even fully there you you bought in and that's really a big reason why my business has now taken that next step so can't thank you enough all right so are you ready for the probably the best podcast we've ever had pop a bottle let's do it <laughs> Everybody, John here from JohnLumer.com and John Loomer Digital on Facebook. Here was another edition of the social media pubcast, where each week I invite a different friend to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Real happy this week to invite my friend Chad Whitman from EdgeRank Checker. How's it going, Chad?
1: Going well. How are you doing, John? Oh man, I'm doing well.
0: So uh, yeah, a little background for everybody on this this is kind of funny. Um, so it's about 11 a.m. my time. It's noon in your time, right? Yes. And uh, so we're, uh, this, this week, and as everybody knows, I've been just slammed with uh, doing stuff for my uh, power editor program, which has meant, you know, less posts. It's meant kind of going to seed my pants with the, my podcast. And uh, we were j- just chatting, I were just chatting this morning on Facebook, and you, you were like, oh, this would be good for the podcast. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, I was actually about to go outside to pick up dog crap and mow the lawn. This actually sounds like a much better idea. <laughs> so we're going to kind of wing this.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: But uh, like I said, it's 11 a.m. my time. It's noon your time. So you sh- you're okay to drink. It's, it's afternoon. And I'm going to drink too. So what, what are you drinking, my friend?
1: 312. So all the Chicago people out there, hopefully they know what that's at. But uh, just enjoying a nice Chicago local beer. Awesome, so I, I felt like th- this would be a good opportunity
0: to do something a little bit different I've got uh, Young's Double Chocolate Stout I wow, love of of stouts the, Yeah, I love the stouts It's one of those crazy pressurized can things So I felt like, you know, we always had that sound effect at the beginning I'm going to actually ah. do the real thing today So here we go
1: Alright, that that was awesome <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the real deal
1: Wow, that sounds great. You can sell that as you should be like a folio artist and just and just sell that.
0: Yeah, I should. it's a good stuff though. It's uh I mean I love chocolate, I love stouts, I love beer, so this is a, it's a that good way to start the morning. All right. So we we were kind of throwing on a bunch of ideas of things we could talk about. There's there's a lot going on and you guys have all kinds of stuff. You just put out something which I thought was really interesting. I actually just published it to my Facebook page. Today's Tuesday, by the way. Just published it to my Facebook page, and it was a heat map of Facebook fans online. If you want to provide a little background on what you did there,
1: yeah, I mean, basically, it was it was a very labor intensive study. But we basically we went out and we asked a bunch of our customers and our users to, hey, can we get insights to your or access to your insights, and can we look at this graph of when your fans are online that Facebook's providing that they don't give to us in the API. And so we basically manually went through and grabbed every bit of information and then made a heat map of when these people's fans are online. And we looked at, uh, we looked at about 50 pages, but our actual study has about 30 um, in the sample size.
0: And, and was that from basically the, the, those new insights reports we're getting, or is that something different?
1: Yep, no, so it's in the new insights, it's when, you're, when your fans are online, that little drop down, yeah. and uh, we basically went through and, and manually, you had to grab every data point for every single page, and then I threw it all into um, some data analysis stuff, and then we made a visual heat map of, of that information.
0: Gotcha, yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was pretty funny, because, and I, I've i fallen way behind in my reading lately, but I, I read a couple things this morning before I read that, and just like two posts before that, I read on all facebook uh there's a new study by social bakers and and their whole thing was uh post on mondays um and i can't I can't even tell you I, it was a, and they, they i think they had a different focus there as well but talk yeah. about how great mondays were and then i two posts later i see yours where it's like those mondays aren't very good <laughs> well so, what, what, what were what, what do you think the differences were there
1: yeah, I mean, so they were looking at engagement data, and that's what we're typically looking at, and that's what almost everyone's looking at when we're talking about content, because the way that we're given data through Facebook is basically on a post level or a page level, and so you have to, and for the page level to have data in terms of fans online or reach or something like that, previously we needed to have that per post, so we needed an individual post every single day, but there's a lot of variation in that. I mean, you know, what if this post was really good and this one was bad, so it had a lot of reach, and what ends up happening across the board, and so what's interesting about the data we looked at is that this is directly from Facebook from a unique source that they have that they're not sharing with anyone else and it's pretty cool little information that they have and so we're looking at literally when one of your Facebook fans read a post mm-hmm. on Facebook during this hour, and that's what facebook's showing so it doesn't have to have a post at that time it doesn't have to have engagement it doesn't have to have any data in point it's just literally. It's almost like looking at their Google Analytics for their Facebook page. Like, here they are online.
0: Well, I think the important part about that report and why I think it's so useful is that it has nothing to do with your content. Right. Uh, Because, look, we all get stuck in our ways of when we're publishing stuff, uh, time of day, day of the week. And really, I mean, the quality of the content impacts, you know, uh, uh, whether people engage with it and then see it later and... And all that kind of stuff. So that cuts all of that all those uh, uh, factors out. and it's just like how many people saw anything on Facebook not related to you? I mean it could be you, it could be anybody else during right. these hours, during these days. So that that could be really insightful if you're one of those people, for example, who you only publish at 8 a.m. in the morning. Um, if the report was only based on your top, your, your content, you wouldn't get any new info out of that. It would just right. say people engage with your stuff at eight, nine, and ten in the morning. Um, but with this report, you could see, oh wait, I should be also pu- publishing at ten at night or whatever it is. Right.
1: Yeah. That's and that's exactly what, what makes this data in, uh, interesting. And I would love, from engineering Checker's perspective, to get our hands on this data and through the API. And, and I think that Facebook will eventually do it. But what I think they're trying to do is increase kind of their perception of their of their insights platform. But What's pretty cool about it, when we actually sat down to study it, is we found that brands that had a very local yeah. audience—let's say that you, you know, you were a local business that only has fans in your little town—versus, you know, Coca-Cola who has oh, a worldwide yeah. audience. Yeah. We found that the very, that basically it boils down to when are people awake and how local your audience is. So if your audience is very local, then you need to be extra uh, careful of to post when they're awake. And if you have a very global audience it was kind of like just post in generalish in you know the daytime yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah no and, and uh well i and my, my my data kind of is consistent with that um well the one thing i don't like about the reports is that it's only based on the most recent week uh, which mm-hmm. i don't completely understand why that would be but um uh what I, what i find with mine is that typically my lowest my my basement uh for the the least amount of people online is about 60% of the high point right um and that for me is because i'm not local i've got people uh overseas especially uk and australia which really help right. my numbers i mean us and canada are still i think number 1 and 2 but um it's it doesn't drop off to like thirty percent, twenty percent whenever right. whenever one's asleep in the U.S. because of that. But, we have the uh, yeah, same yeah,
1: data for that for our page as well, and we probably have a very similar audience.
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, let, let me guess: uh, U.S., Canada, Australia, and U.K. Right, top four.
1: Uh I should look right now. Let's see. We're United States, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil is one of.
0: King- I think they're my fifth, and then Portugal is my sixth,
1: and then United Kingdom and then India.
0: Hmm. I think I think India is my seventh.
1: Shout out to all the fans. <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, like I said, in, uh, when I shared uh, your post, was, your your data was consistent with what I see in that, right. even though it's funny because I went back and looked at my report for this week. It currently says Monday is number one for me, but it usually is one of the lower days for me. But that said, I mean, my it's such a small variation. Like I, I told you before, right. the difference between my – best day, my lowest day is 5% right now. It's just, it's really not even kind of worth looking at, to be honest
1: with you. For, yeah, for us too, it's, it's the same. I mean, I'm seeing basically it, the exact same thing you are. One thing that to note is that Facebook says it's the data shown for, for a recent one-week period. So oh. not necessarily the most recent. Um, and uh. I think they're honestly doing this so that they're putting a little bit of, of like, confusion and variability to the post because you could hypothetically if it was if it was daily like hey like August 12th had this data and this and last week had this you could hypothetically track all of their traffic and I think that they're worried about people getting a little bit too much information if you started aggregating like all of that stuff together that you could really start to get an understanding of like how Facebook's doing aside from them releasing those little press releases where they say mm-hmm. we've grown 30% for mobile users all that stuff they can't spin it if we're actually getting that data raw, because you know, people like me would be grabbing <laughs> that data and being like, traffic was down on this day. Why? Like, yeah. <laughs> so
0: I do wish they'd provide like a, a recent week, whether it's the most recent or whatever. I just, it's not that bad. I just wish they would do it more based on uh, historical data, like whether it be uh, a month's worth of data or a couple months worth of data. So I feel like that would be much more valuable um, to, to cut out the, the kind of crazy variances. But, Absolutely. I don't know. I I feel like uh, just giving us that data, and like now we want more, and now we want more.
1: Right, and that's, and I think that's a constant battle. I mean, I think, I think Facebook has this dilemma of like they when they when Zuckerberg first talked about the importance of Facebook, he wanted to be that social layer that connected the entire web, but yet they keep making moves as of recently to keep shutting down like competitors or shutting down things that replicate their particular functions. And you all of a sudden run it. Are you guys a destination or are you guys supposed to be that connected social layer that you originally talked about? And I think there's a huge kind of – they're kind of trying to split in two different ways. And I think data like this pushes them back into a platform destination as opposed to a social layer interconnected. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. But the, the thing that worries me about posts like yours yeah. uh, and social bakers is that too many people latch onto it as being like the, the universal truth to this, this data applies. Like, and, and and you know, I mean, you took a bunch of different pages, mashed them all together, and they're all pretty <laughs> much US, pretty much US centric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, what I do appreciate about your data is that it basically comes from this great report that's within Insights. So hopefully what it does, is instead of tell, telling people, oh, uh, based on what Ed Rank Checker said, I should be posting on these days at these times, hopefully what it tells them to do is go to their insights to figure out what works for them
1: yeah my and my actual intention with this particular study um and we are not always uh guilt-free on this but my intention with this particular post was actually to show that the variance was very low and that it's basically comes back to understanding analyzing your content and and so for us when i saw this data it actually was like a bit of relief for me to say, you know what, people are really using Facebook fairly consistently just across the board. And that puts the onus back on to really understanding what content really drives success with your audience. And for me, that provides us more opportunity for us to help brands try to figure out which of those pieces of content are actually truly doing well and, and things of that nature. And so I, my intention with this post was actually to show kind of the, the opposite effect of like the social bakers thing and say, hey, it doesn't really matter when you post, as long as it's a part time of the day that people are awake. Facebook's newsfeed algorithm is going to take care of the rest. So
0: absolutely, yeah. I mean, really interesting stuff. I'll I'll put the link to that uh, in my show notes for anyone wanting uh, quick access to it. Like I said, I have not read a lot by others lately, and I've I've published even less from others lately. So this one really stuck with me. Uh, so make sure you check it out. Cheers. Um, shifting gears a little bit. There's something, uh, as I was kind of browsing through all the stuff that I may have missed over the last couple of weeks, you wrote something about how asking for likes doesn't uh, punish you or something (laughs) I was like, where did this come from? Because I hadn't heard anything about that. So what was that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we had basically one of our, I guess I would call him a, a super user, super Facebook enthusiast, and he travels around the different conferences, and he actually manages... I, I won't say which page but he manage, manages a top 10 Facebook page worldwide um in terms of engagement mm. and fans. Uh he absolutely crushes it and, it, and it's a, one of those brands that is more of um an idea as opposed to a brand. So I'll let you kind of figure that out a little <laughs> bit but um it's you know it's not a Fortune 500 type company it's it's a, it's I a concept you. and a belief. Yeah. Uh and like, a, so, like a, comu- a
0: community page type thing, right? Yeah,
1: that's yeah. very, very active and very, very uh, successful on Facebook. And so he actually sent me a message and said, "Hey, we've been hearing rumors from different Facebook engineers. That, you know, I, and you never know when people say things like that. Facebook engineers—what does that even mean? I mean, it, who knows? i highly doubt engineers are leaking little things like this to uh, to um, yeah. people like him. But we were hearing—just he was hearing rumors that brands that were asking for that—he called it." Um, like baiting, which I hadn't heard before, but basically call to actions to say, you know, click like if you uh, agree, comment if you disagree. And we've seen this blow way out of hand. I mean, so many Mm. poor social media managers are using it way too often. Um, He'd been hearing that it's been penalized. And so we actually asked a couple other people, and we had heard that there were some rumors. So wherever he was kind of hearing it from seemed to be kind of a little bit of either a, a, a hunch by a lot of these people or maybe something factual. And so we decided to analyze it and basically using a call to action increases your engagement still mm-hmm. um and reach was about equal on it uh so they're definitely not penalizing it and people are definitely getting more engagement by using it
0: yeah i had mixed feelings about that when i when i read it cuz i was like god I, I really don't like like that <laughs> stuff i mean uh i know a lot of our friends use it and yep. it's one of those things where like yes a call to action of some sort uh is a good thing and as you've seen you know asking for a like or asking for a comment or a share um definitely helps it, you yep. it, you get more of it you do but i don't know. it's also a matter of what you feel comfortable doing i, I just i feel spammy when i do that i just, I, I just and, and i look all that stuff I, I know i hurt myself by not doing those things and not doing right. all kinds of other things uh that are really uh, very um pushy i guess right. but uh and it works so I guess uh, you know, do do I want Facebook to to get so controlling? Other algorithms they punish you for for actual langu- language call to act- <laughs> I like probably not. I guess. So I, don't know, I guess it, it's a good it, thing.
1: I think we recommend people. You know, call to actions are good, but uh, do it in in a clever way or do it in a, in, a, in a genuine way. You know, don't cl- tell them to click like to think this or do that. I, we typically recommend people to you know. S- if we, we use a really cheesy example, if there's a dog hiding in a photo, say, where's the dog hiding in the photo? Instead of saying, yeah. comment where the dog is hiding in the photo. And if you can't find them, click like. Like, we think that's not the right direction. Yeah. Uh, it's not genuine. And so we recommend, like, think of how, how, if you were bringing up this conversation and you were trying to be a polite person and get another person's opinion on it, how would you, how would you bring them into that conversation? And that's how we kind of look at it.
0: Yeah, my calls to action tend to be around um either comments, but not even like comment below for what you think. But right. even like let me know what you think kind of thing, or um, you know, check out my post kind of stuff, right? Right. It's, it's really it's probably the weakest call to actions you can create. <laughs> but it's not but still I feel like you need something as opposed to just, you know, here's my
1: post or you know. Yeah. So I, uh yeah. And people doing it in the data, we found, like we said, the engagement went up, which also meant they got an increase in viral reach. And uh, it was almost 1% more. And I don't mean a change. I mean, literally 1%. We're talking like 1.8 up to 2.6. Um, wow. Extra viral reach. And, you know, for an audience of 100,000 fans or something like that, you know, that might be the difference of a couple sales maybe. Um, it's tough to say. So they were getting that little extra bonus viral reach.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Like, I mean I- – I've experimented with everything. I, I I experiment with that as well, and I just I'm, I'm not a salesy guy, so it's it's hard for me to do. But maybe I just need a more creative way to do it, like like you're saying.
1: So yeah, I love people. I like to I, when we ask a lot of times we'll do a study, we'll be like, you know, tell us what you don't like about our product. Yeah, you know, like yeah. we're launching this new stuff, and we'll be like, tell us what you don't like. And and that's oh, actually yeah. it's not actually meant to be a clever call to action, but it is. I I would love to see what we did wrong and there's, there's this perception that when you do things as a brand I think people feel bad telling you what you did wrong because they know you worked really hard on it yeah. but I actually that's why I want them to tell me what I did wrong because yeah. I did work really hard on
0: it <laughs> yeah this this actually goes to I think a really good discussion point that people have this perception that status Facebook favors status updates and that's mm-hmm. why the reach is so high I don't truly believe that I think that people favor status updates. Yes. Because if I were to post a link and then um within the description ask for someone's comments, I it I just I guarantee I get less interaction, not because Facebook's penalizing me, but just right. because of the nature of the post. Because I just in general, it's just more natural. when I just decided um you know what? Screw driving people to my my site. You know, forget everything else, anything that's you know, that's distracting. Whatever. Um, when I when I basically come out and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think?" I get crazy response. Right. Not because I think Facebook favors it, but 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 because people want to engage with it.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I there's um. I forget his last name, so I apologize if he's listening. But Roet, he's he's pretty big in the in the in the social media world. But we both spoke um, in uh, the Netherlands, and he was really big on stories. He said mm. creating the brand story. And he talked about these fake pearls. Um, these this. He talked about this really awesome story about how a story actually sells, and I think that a story. And his point was a story actually engages uh on social media and I, and I think that status updates lend themselves for an opportunity for a real story it's that sitting down around the campfire telling a story it's not showing the quick slideshow or another commercial or an ad man or whatever it's it's that story and he talked about Jackie O's um is it Jackie O wow mm-hmm. Jackie what well, JFK's wife yeah, Jackie yeah 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 uh, okay so she had there these fake pearls that she wore and so there was this bidding auction. I think it was one of the ladies from like Shark Tank or something. And so she bid. She said, I will bid anything to get these pearls, these mm-hmm. fake pearls. So the pearls were in real life worth you know, maybe $20. But obviously, even with who she is, they're worth a little bit more. And so they went to auction. And I think she ended up paying something like $2 million for these fake pearls. And she didn't want the pearls to wear or to put in a collection or anything like that. What she did then is then had them like cast mold into like exact replicas. And then she went on one of those TV shows, things where they sell you know, stuff, those infomercial things where they sell TV sh- stuff all day. And she resold the story of these fake pearls and why they represent America and its you know, American history. And she made like $20 million in a year on these $3 million pearls that she bought, simply because of the story that people could mm. connect. And they were willing to pay $100 for these fake pearls, even though they knew <laughs> they were fake. But they wanted to tell their family and friends that story of how I acquired these pearls and wow. what they represent. And and, and I think that status update has that same essence of of a story. Absolutely. That was a
0: good story right there. I like that. <laughs> do you? Do, I loved it. Yeah. Do you have any evidence one way or the other that Facebook actually favors a, a type of post or that it's just the user response to them?
1: So in – in my personal belief and of all the data I've ever looked at all the things I've ever listened to. And obviously I'm one of the most connected to this stuff just because it's my, my main primary focus of my job. Um, I believe that indirect, so yes and no. Uh, I do believe that Facebook will favor it in the sense of how does your audience typically consume that piece of content? So, so if so by nature, yes. If we looked at the data, I'm sure that we'd find that there is a somewhat of a favoring, but that favoring is occurring because of past of actions right. rather than uh, them going into the system and saying we like this more or that exactly. more. Exactly. Right. And so I think that you're seeing the effects of your of your of your audience being resulted in in continued success with that content type. So yes and no, but it's more to do with the audience than it is. And I, and I think it's interesting as you listen to Facebook and they talk about the news feed, and they ultimately say, "Okay, what do you do with all this information? Understand your audience better." And so that goes right yes. back to that point. You want to get uh, you know additional benefit in the news feed, understand your audience more, and, the, and that's kind of what you're touching on. Is my audience like status updates it has nothing to do with Facebook could care too le- you know could care less about it. Yes, it's my audience cares. Yeah,
0: so I think really your answer is no. It, it, Facebook doesn't control it because if if it's based on what you've engaged with before it's still the user determining that they like that stuff it's not Facebook saying you know forcing things and and making the algorithm uh, say look we need more we need people to see more status updates." Because we, we, we think that's going to favor. And I don't even understand the advantage to that anyway. Like people, there's so many claims out there about don't don't post links in this way because you're going to get lower reach. Don't, you know, you've got to use status updates. You've got to use photos. And um, they're I just think they're so off the grid on that and they're thinking. They're not thinking about why that would be. Why would Facebook actually favor these things? And ultimately it just comes down to create you're like like you're saying create a story right. that people will engage with provide a good piece of engaging content whether you put that in the form if you put a piece of crap in the form of a status update or a photo <laughs> or a link right. it does not matter
1: right yeah, I, and I, I think that that's the, the only thing, the issue that I think you could potentially run into with that that line of thinking. I I, just, see I know
0: where you're going, but continue. It's just
1: the the first bits. So let's say you've always done awesome with photos, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you decide to tell stories of status updates. Your audience actually may struggle that first bit of going, but you just have to correct that 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 behavior by just – pushing through and actually doing it the right way through through that content type. But you are going to have certain audiences that are just going to generally like that type of content anymore. You know, So if Coca-Cola, if they acquire a bunch of new fans, and let's say they're all from a, a country like China or something like that, and the Chinese people just on average tend to engage with, and China's a horrible example because they don't have Facebook, <laughs> yeah. but they tend to engage with um, status updates the most. You're gonna to wanna to address those audience members with that at least first initially. Um that's that the only thing that's the only caveat I could.
0: No, I I you're you're right. You're right. Um but again, that has more to do with like you're saying, with what your fans tend to engage with as right. opposed to what Facebook wants them to see. Uh Facebook shows it to them because that's what they have shown that that's what they want to see. It's kinda right, it's right. kinda of confusing. But the the fact that people try to play this game with Facebook and are angry with Facebook because <laughs> sharing links doesn't quote unquote work, which it does. Right. I hate to tell you people, but it does. Um, it just depends on what you're focused on. Uh what what how you measure success. But um Oh man, we could talk about that all <laughs> yes, day. We could. But Because uh, it's just one of those topics that it drives me crazy because I think people are so short sighted and not fully understanding um user behavior and and uh why people see what they see and uh why you know why they sh- they sh- should share things in a certain way it's really all about the story like you're saying
1: yeah and the only thing i'd like to add on that is that um oh, sorry i'm i'm actually blanking on that so just keep going <laughs> <laughs> wow that just literally slipped my mind hey and
0: and i'm i'm drinking a beer at 11 AM, and I, I I'm kind of uh, losing it myself, so uh, <laughs> kind of going into space here. Um, so the the guy who edits my my uh, podcast, feel free to edit any of that out, unless you think it, this is hilarious right now. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> All right, uh, shifting gears here a little bit, because um, we were talking a little bit about promotion strategies. Because um, I know you listened to to last week's show. Yes, I do. With, uh, with Brian Carter, and we talked a little bit about promoting posts and whatnot, and it sounded like you had a lot of thoughts on that too. And, and I th- thought this was a good thing to talk about this week because I know at least firsthand, my strategies have shifted a lot because based on what I've been doing. So like as I as I've said earlier, I'm I'm not a heavy promoter I, I really I'm not comfortable doing that but during the past month uh, as I've been uh, as, once I launched my, my power editor program I've been very very heavy with promoting that and as anyone listening to this show knows you've probably seen my ads a million times and so you know that's <laughs> that promotion is pretty much over um, <laughs> so you, you can take a breath But um, so but when I was talking to Brian it was like my focus is, is with promoting posts in general. Is I'll strategically choose what I am going to promote, and it's 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 actually for a post a promotion. It's it's pretty rare. Like it'll only be when I am promoting something that's leading to some sort of business goal. When I say business goal, it's more than just traffic. It's like announcing a new product or something. Right, um, but clearly there. Um, I mean, I think a big. Chunk of that is what's your budget? Because now that I spent way more than I've ever spent over a month on advertising, mainly because it was for things other than promoting posts. Uh, going forward, I'm like I should probably start promoting more posts and getting more traffic. But right. so in general, I mean, I'm just curious your your thoughts on uh, promotion strategies. Um, I mean, what you guys are doing with promoting posts, and yeah. maybe maybe like how it affects uh, newsfeed visibility and all that kind of business
1: yeah one thing that was really cool in um in this latest facebook newsfeed announcement is that they had a question come in and they said does does engaging with the sponsored post increase your likelihood of seeing something in the newsfeed?" and that's in technical terms is that does that increase your affinity with the brand by engaging with their uh, content and facebook was a little coy with their answer i mean they basically the way What I got of it is it does. It's not going to have necessarily a super strong impact, but it does. They're looking at all these different types of signals, and and those would be included in the signals. And I think their ultimate point was that it will increase, but it may not be something to write home about. But Mm. something that we do with a lot of our stuff um, is we love retargeting, and we love retargeting based on particular features uh, in our tools. So we drop cookies depending on where you spend most of your time in our products nice. um, and then we cross sell to our other products that are correlated like so if you're really into competitive analysis inside a checker we have another product that takes that to the next level in post acumen and so we'll show you post acumen ads if you spend a lot of time in our small competitive set in a checker and so we love to kind of get user interests out of their behavior within our products and then retarget them back to another product that offers a similar need.
0: So you use, you're, when you're saying retargeting, you're using FBX.
1: We use uh, Perfect Audience, which is yeah. which is doing FBX. Yeah.
0: Yes. Awesome. So um, for anyone not knowing what we're talking about, so anyone who interacts with your website, so who's been on your website, mm-hmm. um, and you can even do this based on a specific page they're on or yep. a category of pages. really awesome. You can then serve an ad to them uh, when they go to Facebook uh, so i i 'll provide um some links to that in the show notes as well. Perfect audience there are two I use perfect audience and ad roll um, I'll just tell you two two things it's kind of interesting so ad roll you can actually serve newsfeed ads you can't do that with perfect audience you
1: can now with perfect audience can you now yeah, Since when? just about uh, we were part of uh, an early trial just because I know their founder fairly well. Um, but I think about a, two, a week or two weeks ago, you can do newsfeed ads now.
0: Huh. Okay, maybe so. that might have been right around the time I created my last, last FBX ad. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's good news. Because what I've found, and I, I do like, I really like the ad roll, guys. Um, mm-hmm. But what i found, which is kind of strange, perfect audience ads get approved far faster for me. And um, for whatever reason, because there's this new rule, I don't know if you're aware of, you also can't have a video on your landing page. For oh, an FBX, I did not know that. And so that an ad that I created was again rejected on AdRoll, but it was approved on Perfect Audience. Perfect audience yeah. And I don't know if that was just a random thing or what. But right. uh, so anyway, I I actually had a a lot more success for the last month with Perfect Audience for whatever reason. But uh, I, I still use both of them, and again, you should check check those out. But it's it's a really interesting tool because especially since I mean we talk about this a lot how. Uh, whether you're you're starting from scratch or yeah. uh, still haven't kind of reached your full customer art, uh, uh, audience, your Facebook page you can only reach so many people, and right. and I know that first of all with with my uh, sales funnel, my my fans are most likely to buy something or register for uh, a webinar or whatever. And um, and we're going kind of off the subject of promoted posts, but I think this is a good good topic. Um, so that's why I find things like custom audiences, which is targeting like your email list usually. Yep. Um, or maybe it'd be like an app ID list. Or FBX, people who have actually been on your website, being a really good alternative to just reaching your fans. I've seen Absolutely. just amazing, amazing uh, results there. So... Um, so I don't know, and I kind of interrupted there. I think um, <laughs> my, my beer is is getting in the way of my thoughts. We <laughs> really you shouldn't drink at eleven what a.m. I, what am I? yeah, thinking? and
1: you're probably on an empty stomach too. I so am. I haven't eaten anything. Today. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I the only comment I really have on that is just um, yeah. I've been helping out my my girlfriend with her her new clinic, and so she's a local business trying to get patients in the door and and trying to help people. And so all of a sudden I shifted from this, you know, Edgerank Checker had grown really rapidly and really largely quickly. And so I've always just had this giant, I've had a giant email list. I've had a giant, you know, app ID list. I've just had a giant kind of everything just because it's been that way since we launched. And so it's been interesting to help someone kind of on the on the ground level trying to build something. And something that we've done a ton and it's been a really great experience. I got to learn what a lot of our customers kind of go through. But um, one thing that we've done is we've done a ton of web retargeting just for brand awareness on sites like YouTube and weather.com. Mm-hmm. And th- those are some of the sites that like perfect audience serves for us. And it's been awesome, the feedback that she's received from patients, from family members. just like, hey, you know, I went to your website and you're all over the place, you know, and you're and it's really increased brand awareness. And I think yeah. that we're really getting a lot of those touches for like, you know, for, for her audience, which is a is a kind of a small local website I mean, we're, I think it's like five bucks, and we're getting like two thousand impressions on these brands that are these sites that people are shocked to see her face on. So awesome. it's been really cool to kind of get that extra touch. So we drive all that Facebook traffic back to the web, and then retouch them on the web, and push them back to the newsfeed. And you guys, you talk about it enough to know that whole strategy.
0: Yeah, that, that that's awesome. That's awesome. I, you know, what's funny right now is that we're at we're past the thirty minute mark. Uh, screw it, I do not care. Uh, I listen to a Pat Flynn Do you listen to Pat Flynn at all? No, I haven't He's awesome So he's got a great podcast And I I was listening to him the other Mm -hmm. day And he's like He just lets the dudes talk And and he goes (laughs) He goes over an hour Like I was listening the other day Like I couldn't believe how long this podcast went It went like an hour and 15 minutes But uh, So we're just gonna talk until we're done right, right, So no pressure here And as long as you got time You got time?
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna have to grab another brew here Okay (laughs) <laughs>
0: I'm going to have to take a break for breakfast here too. to yeah. something in my stomach. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but that, that actually leads me to, because I know you are talking about uh, your, your girlfriend's site and, um, and how that kind of led to this completely new product that you were creating as well. Yeah. So sharegrab.com. What's that all about?
1: So basically, I had this opportunity to, to help my girlfriend start the brand from zero, and so we have these products that really are all about optimizing things. Entering, Checker and post-acumen. It's all about optimizing these margins of increasing 5% here, 10% there, you know, maybe 20% there. But that's all assuming you have this base, you have this audience, you have this, this opportunity to kind of reach out to people. So I found myself trying to build from scratch with her, and it was a really cool situation to be in because we didn't have any fans. And so I found myself focusing on shares. I wanted to create content that was very, very shareable, so that we would be able to reach new news feeds of people that were local that would like her business. And hopefully, you know, we, then we'd have an opportunity to optimize them. And it was a whole new space I wasn't used to because I'd never been there because i drink checker and post segment had been so uh, so many years since we've launched them and we've had a kind of an existing audience. And so I would go to other pages that were similar to her mm-hmm. and I would find women Which content was having the most shares on average compared to their normal fans and all this stuff. And I realized I was spending 30 minutes, maybe a day, going through all these different places to find all this content. And I realized there's a much easier way to do this. I could just write script. I know we know how to program. We know how to build this. So we just basically built a really simple content discovery tool that basically monitors a bunch of pages that your audience is probably interested in. And then we just show you the stuff either daily, every three days, weekly, monthly, whatever you want and say, hey, these are the things that are being the most shared on Mm. for similar audiences. Here you go. Log in, grab it and get out.
0: So how are you determining that? I mean, without uh, revealing the the secret sauce. I mean, are there just do you manually uh, provide, you know, content from 100 different pages or are you going you have some sort of algorithm finding similar pages based on, you know, what your page is?
1: Yeah, so right now, that's probably been kind of the the most interesting spot is that we have you select pages that are similar to your page. And that's what we found to be the easiest way to kind of get the ball rolling. If you have no idea, then we basically, we've come up with a way that we're basically looking at, um, and we're implementing some of this stuff, but you can email us and we'll take care of it. But we're basically looking at people that are sharing similar content to what you've shared in the past, Mm. and then providing a list of people like, hey, these pages have shared... These things that you've also shared, and so are the real kind of value of the products. Once you've selected those x amount of pages that share similar stuff to you, and then let's start going from there. But we're going to be expanding a whole bunch of stuff, you know, search API stuff and Twitter and all that good stuff. But right now, it's like, hey, these are the you know ten pages I keep my eye on. Show me what it's doing best, and it works great for news outlets. Like you're in one of my lists uh, for keep for myself keeping up with Facebook news, and it shows me all the posts that you get the best shares on on um, not aggregate, but per fan across your averages for your share. So I've, I've, I've been keeping an eye on you, John.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that. It, <laughs> that similar page stuff is really important. Like, I, yes, man, I, I've just been, uh, I've been experimenting that with that a lot over the last month or two, mm-hmm. um, with graph search. Yeah. So I don't know how you, how you guys do it, but so, and, and so I have to start, I start from scratch when I do it. I'm like, okay, uh, who who are the pages that you know I look at that are really popular that are have a similar audience? So I'll do, you know, pages liked by people who like John Lummer Digital and Mari yep. Smith, and then you know I'll find out what those results are, and then I'll do the same thing with Social Media Examiner, and then Amy Porterfield, right. and as a result what I've done is I've created a page like ads again it's kind of going off subject but page like ads and, and sponsored stories and those have been hugely successful so right. if you know who those similar pages are that's awesome so you you're, you're saying you you do or you're going to have like a automatic way to determine who, what the similar pages are
1: yes uh- um, and that's something that I'm that I'm working really hardly on, or hard on. But, hardly, um, I like that. Hardly on, um, <laughs> but no, it's been something that I've been working on to try to automate that. But we we use a little bit of that blend of what you're saying to do that. But there's also a lot of information sitting in there. What have you shared, and who else has shared that, and then ranking those objects mm. um, to see which have the most value. So, for example, if John Smith reshared John Loomer's post that doesn't really mean much to me because it probably didn't get much engagement because he's a normal dude. If CNN reshares John Loomer's post, then I'm interested in, in knowing what else CNN is sharing that's going to be overlap with me. Um, and so we're trying to identify that process. So right now we're doing it on our side manually and emailing them back the information, but I think we're close enough to maybe in the next month or so to be able to launch that little little widget to, to make it happen.
0: That is really cool, really cool. Uh, so make sure everybody check out the show notes first of all sharegrab.com check that out and also along those lines uh, a couple posts I wrote on this uh, you know finding those similar pages you're gonna thank me when you figure this out because it's, it's so so helpful for building your audience I mean there, there are two posts there's one um, it was like uh, how to learn more about your your Facebook pages yep. with graph search something like that and another one that was uh, <clears throat> about how to build build quickly build uh, your Facebook page it was a uh, yeah, I'm going off the top of my head here. Um, how to how to build your page likes, like a, a secret process to building page likes. Yeah,
1: I, I actually I saw your blog post on that, and that and I think that's really on point because that is a huge spot for for content discovery, like we're doing with ShareGrab, but it's also very important for competitive analysis, like we're doing with PostSec. I mean, it's great for ads to to actually target people. That are reading these particular posts or these pages and, and grabbing content because you could hypothetically you could use something and find what's getting the most shares you know that you know the Amy Porterfield's uh, fans are really engaging with this particular topic you could then come in with a nice ad that is very similar to that particular topic yeah. but your maybe your spin or your class or whatever you're trying to do on it um, so it, I think there's so many areas of awesomeness. When it comes to competitive analysis, content discovery, and, and just add stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the only thing I worry about with the pub- publishing side of that mm-hmm. is that if these are similar pages uh, and, and you know Amy Porterfield and Mari Smith and all these people are already sharing that stuff, should you add to the noise and share the same stuff? Right. I mean, at the same time, you can learn from what they're sharing and well, share yeah, something similar
1: that's something that we did uh so i have a group i have a we call them pods i have a pod that's facebook news so you're kind of included in there like uh social media today social media exam or you know people that are just talking about news type things and obviously i know you cover more than that and they all cover a little more than that but i also have a pod that is then our direct competitors and what they're sharing with their facebook fans and a lot Mm -hmm. of them will say hey we did this study on this particular topic and i'll say wow that did really really well in that particular topic? Is there something that yeah. we can do off of that particular topic that we can do a study or we can do a new feature or whatever? So I kind of use it for both content discovery, if we're going to share something more general on our Facebook page, but then I also doing it for like, hey, our competitors are studying this and they're, and they're getting tons of viral reach off of that content. What can we do off that topic?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So um, and I feel like this is falling into the space of, uh, what was post rocket rest in peace i'm gonna miss you guys <laughs> and uh post planner
1: it might yes, even be it's,
0: closer it's, to post planner actually
1: you know i think i think the guys at post planner they um and i know they uh you know those guys as well yeah. um it definitely touches on some of the i know they do some content discovery stuff and our intention is really to just to simplify hey this is how i did content discovery it's really simple it's really beautiful it's intuitive it's yeah. it's our approach as usual, which is. We kind of when we do design anything, we're like, "Hey, how would Apple do content discovery? How would Apple do Facebook analytics? How would Apple?" And that's kind of how we try to approach a lot of our stuff. And so, it's just a simple, super simple version of, "Hey, let's find what's out there." Yeah.
0: And what I love is that you created it because you had your own problem to solve, <laughs> and that's the way like good stuff is is created.
1: Yeah. It was, it was one of those things where I just, I was wasting 30 minutes to an hour just to find like, okay, are they, cause she's, she's, you know, she's doing kind of yoga stuff. She's doing kind of natural stuff and organics and in, or in chiropractic and, and neurology and such a wide spread of topics. I'm like, what the hell are people going to actually share? If I post it, I was like, let's just see what all these, you know, what, what are the yoga people posting? What are the neurology people posting? What are chiropractors posting? What, what is everyone posting? that getting the best results. And I'm just going to either use, either share that particular post or use it as inspiration.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm going to check it out. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, like I said, I really don't care about time at this point. <laughs> if you need to get a beer, you can no. put it on pause if you want.
1: Uh, no, I'm good. I've been, <laughs> I've been sneaking around in the background.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, this has been great. Cheers. so, you, you had mentioned that you'd also written recently or did a study recently about posting via mobile and how that impacts, I guess, engagement and reach.
1: Yeah, so we we, we had this idea that posting via mobile could be different. Um, maybe it's really successful. Maybe it's not successful. We really had no idea. And um, so we, we basically, through um, the API, you can take a look at where a post came from. did it come from facebook.com did it come from uh the iphone and android did it come from um uh, from like hootsuite or something like that and so we just broke it down we pushed all the mobile devices together and then we looked at facebook.com and then we looked at all the other different variations and we found engagement was way up on these particular posts via mobile Hmm. so our first thought was well is that facebook rewarding mobile (laughs) content you know (laughs) and because you always want to make sure that that's not kind of the case um And so when we looked at when we looked at it, we basically found that we think people are posting just awesome stuff via mobile um, because they're there. They're on the scene. You can't post a a Lady Gaga behind the scenes post uh, without being there. Right.
0: Yeah. And and what immediately came to mind, because, like, yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and actually I'm (laughs) like the uh, anti conspiracy theorist where my immediate thought is to completely eliminate that possibility. But um, so my immediate thought was it makes sense. So right. um, we've seen before, you know, shorter posts tend to get more engagement and right. status updates, as we know, do really well. So if you're posting from a phone, it's usually going to be going to be something quick. But right. it's also going to be, like you said, something that's on the run, kind of a cool behind the scenes, look at what I just saw kind of thing. Um, that I can see why that would do well as opposed to what can be planned and contrived right, right. so um, so yeah it's interesting interesting um, mobile I, I got to do more more of that I think
1: I, yeah and I think to your point I mean it's really about and, and it's, we're big fans of Jason Fried and the work that he's doing at 37 signals and we actually read that rework and getting real before we quit our jobs to start our whole company and one of the things he talks about is he embraces constraints. He loves saying, okay, we're gonna launch this in a month. If we can't fit everything that we're trying to do in a month in it, then we gotta cut it out. Mm-hmm. And so we have to embrace <laughs> that constraint to say, look, like we have one month to do this and so we're going to just do it in one month. And so when I look at that, I think of mobile in the same, in the same way. You have to embrace that constraint. Hey, I only have this many characters. I can only type this much on my phone. I'm going to post these photos that I'm here. I'm not going to be able to, you know, necessarily time this up the right way and all that stuff. And you're just going to embrace that constraint and then post. And I think that that, that constraint is actually creating much better and much more focused content. Mm,
0: absolutely. I mean, and I, and I think it also gives you unique content that your your audience isn't used to seeing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever I've done it, and I don't, I don't post from vo- mobile very often. But I can think of two two uh, examples in particular where, um, you know, I was, I was having a marathon of video recording sessions uh, for, for again, my, my training program. And so I took <laughs> a, a picture of, you know, what that looked like. It was right. like a behind the scenes. or And uh, there was another one where I was getting ready f- to record a podcast, and it was just a simple picture of my beer and my microphone <laughs> as I got ready. and And that stuff did pretty well. But because I think it's it's it, again I don't think it's necessarily Facebook favoring it. Right. It's just that people connected with it because like wow this is kind of cool. Is, you've never kind of shown this this kind of side of the business right. before. So yeah, yeah, that's
1: so we looked at like Lady Gaga um, and saw how how did she post via mobile and I, I don't know why we always look at Lady Gaga. But <laughs> I guess they, they they do a good job I guess with their campaign. Obviously she has a ton of loyal fans and. And we actually broke down the study by size and we found that brands with a million or more fans were killing it. Like almost almost three times as much engagement when they oh, posted yeah. via mobile versus non-mobile. Whereas the other brands it was more subtle. Yeah. And we think that it's really because, you know, you have these hyper super fans that are obsessed oh, yeah. with someone like Lady Gaga. And then she posts something behind the scenes that's it's doing amazing. It's real.
0: It's real. It's yeah.
1: right. And so we looked at some of the posts that she that she did and one of the poses, it's her in the studio with, you know, two of her, you know, colleagues or whatever. And if they're in the studio recording, it's not album art. It's not the exactly. new album comes out, whatever. And it did awesome. Um, and again, it's someone was literally, it, we looked at it. It was came, it came from page manager for iOS. So one of the guys went, you know, her, her manager, whatever pulled out his iPhone, took that photo, went to page manager, posted it. And it's like that happened right then and there. And it got crazy engagement because of it. So it's, it's, it's embracing the constraints. I think is the ultimate message of that study.
0: It's a good. It's a good uh, lesson. I think for all of us that, I mean, we talk a lot about having a plan and a strategy and mm-hmm. you know posting every day and scheduling stuff out. But that stuff can get tired and old. Right. And it's really good to mix it up with something more spontaneous, because because ultimately I think uh, most audiences are going to, going to uh, react really really positively to that
1: stuff. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that about the strategy thing because when we built Post Acumen, I was adamant to determine every single one of the our competitors' Facebook strategy. Mm-hmm. So we built out this whole section called strategy, and it was full-on analysis to understand exactly their strategy on Facebook. And so we, we ran all the analysis and everything, and then we looked at the data, and I was like, damn, like – not many of these people actually have a strategy. Hmm. The strategy is to not have a strategy. Yeah. It's just, it's just posting. And so because we were looking at like how regular they were at posting on, you know, a weekday versus a weekend and what time of day on the weekday. Like, and we wanted to basically beat them to the punch. So if we knew that someone like Social Bakers was going to post at exactly 3 p.m. on a Friday, I want my post to go at 2.45 so that mm-hmm. we crowd out their post from the news feed. You know, that's how I'm thinking of this stuff. And then I find that a lot of the companies, about half of them, were very consistent and the other half were very inconsistent. And so we have this little feature that I kind of check in on periodically to see how consistent are these brands. And we found like like a company like Starbucks, they do awesome on Facebook. They really, from, at least from our analysis perspective, they don't seem to have a strategy other than the fact that they just publish cool content Mm. when it kind of comes in. Um, At least the last time I looked at it uh, on on the publicly available API information.
0: Yeah. I also think it's just kind of dangerous to have, um, a true strategy where you're posting the same times uh, because things change and you try to, cause I, I like to experiment all the time to see, you know, if there, if the time of day matters or, or sometimes the type of content. So in particular, like the stuff I schedule out, um, there's a, there's a, a bracket of time between like 10 PM and 2 AM that that goes out my time, but it's a different time every night and just trying to figure out what works.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, like you said it it might boil back down to just literally random i mean it'd be kind of cool just i don't i don't know i don't really know too much about the publishing companies out there doing facebook stuff but it'd be kind of cool to have a random button you know just hey post this these three posts randomly between 10 p.m and 2 a.m um and space them out you know give give them a little bit of lifetime for each one but that'd be kind of a cool function because then then you're actually applying that randomness to to the content
0: so you're going to do that with uh Grab.
1: I, maybe i should uh we're you know we're always thinking about stuff and that's actually not a bad idea there you go and and just for the record i just quick pulled up uh that starbucks thing and now they're very consistent 80 percent <laughs> of their stuff consistently uh so i take that back but um point is is that not many brands were as consistent as i had hoped
0: are you, are you able to provide a screen grab of that uh Consistency. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just going to switch it. We have like a top twenty thing, and I was just going to quick switch it and see how many, how consistent most of these brands were. Um, Looked like looks like Target is the most inconsistent. They're sixty two percent of the time consistent, which is, I guess, relative to what I'm looking at, which wouldn't make too much sense to our listeners at the moment. But I'll send you a screen grab of this. Yeah, it'd
0: be great. I'd love to share that. Last call. All right. Well, we are approaching an hour. And uh, I, I need to mow the lawn and pick up some dog crap. So,
1: yeah, no, I hear you. It's been it's been fun. I um, yeah. You know.
0: Well, I've I've uh, asked the bartender for my tab. I'll tell take care of you again. I feel like I got you last time yeah, too. Yeah,
1: you did. I I think that uh, I should be paying this virtual bartender.
0: <laughs> well, you're welcome back anytime, man. I, I I love having you on. I we get geeky, which is awesome, and that's uh, that's what I love to talk about. So. Thanks for coming on short notice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And
1: I think uh, we're Wisconsin men to the core, so I think that, that might be a part of our bond.
0: That's right. Go Brewers.
1: <laughs> go Brewers. That, <laughs> that is not said enough in these days of uh, A Rod getting plunked and uh, all this stuff. We need to talk. And obviously, Braun uh, is a source of.
0: Let's not go there, man.
1: Yeah, but go Brewers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thanks. Man, that was awesome. Thanks again, Chad Whitman, for coming on the show today. On the spot, and he just flies. I mean, we had so much good stuff to talk about. Um, Make sure you check out his new product. Was that? ShareGrab.com, I believe. Uh, Go back to the show notes. We've got a bunch of links that we mentioned in there that you're going to have to check out. Uh, Highly, highly valuable stuff. So, thanks if you stuck around this long for, I guess it's about an hour now, You're you're my people. Thank you. So I hope that if you're on uh, iTunes or something else, that you subscribe, rate, and review. I need you. I need you. So thanks again, and I will see you next week. Until next time, do awesome things. I'm out.